Low-Key Deep. Real talk, real art. Hey y'all, welcome to another Low-Key Deep episode. This week with Blast. It's really hard for me to really put a label on what he does and what his style is because he sings, he raps, he writes songs and he produces in the realms of West Coast contemporary rap and R&B. So really smooth and introspective. I hope I'm not too late. Usually I try to have a little bit of a chit chat with the artist before I officially start the interview so we can warm up, check our vibes out and get it going from there. And typically, I cut that part out because I really suck at small talk. But the one with Blast was just too cute to be tossed. From the very first second, he was ready to chat and funny and open. He told me, for example, why if you ever make him mad, you could only find that out over a song. Why he might get into gardening or even plumbing. And how he's building a business beyond his music. As always, if you like this podcast, give it a thumbs up, subscribe or leave a comment. That would be super helpful. And you could also check out the Loki Deep YouTube channel because for this very interview, there's a video version on the Loki Deep YouTube channel. But for now, let's get started. Loki Deep. Gold interviews with Cassandra. How's tour life so far? How is it going? Tour life is tour life. <laughs> I feel like I've been on the road. This whole year, nah, since July for sure, but I'm ready to go home. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to finish strong at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since July. So have you been back home since then? Yeah. I probably had like a week window. Oh, just then, a week? And then another week, okay. like after the U.S. tour, we went to Australia. Uh -huh. And another week, you know. So. What do you miss most about home? My son. You know, he growing up fast. Kids grow up fast, so those are like the important moments that you don't want to miss out on, you know? Yeah. 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 Half a year is, it is half a year, right? Almost. What? Since you've been, since you started touring July. Yeah, July. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Does he, how old is he? He's four, about to be five in December. Yeah. That's such a sweet age, though. Right. <laughs> And, you know, six months as a kid, that's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be so excited when you come back. Yeah, for sure. When are you coming back? Um, November seventeenth. I remember the date. Oh, it's it's isn't it the seventh or the eighth today? So it's like yeah, nine or ten days. Exactly. You almost got it. Let's you go. pulled through. Let's, start Let's a go. Welcome Let's home go. party. I need a welcome home party. <laughs> a big one. A surprise party. Are you into surprises? Not really. Nah. nah. You know, I didn't like my my family. Their religion is Jehovah Witness, so I didn't grow up celebrating holidays. <sighs> You know, but somebody throw me a party. <laughs> but are you celebrating holidays? Um, I might. You know, when you have kids, you just want to do everything for yeah, them. Yeah, so. you can start your own traditions. Right. But, of course, you still want to stick to your family traditions in some kind of sense. Hey, that's my family. I, I'm living free. <laughs> What traditions are you? would you bring to your family What tradition? That's a good question. We have this thing called like family Sundays where everybody pulls up to my house and we just all vibe, probably watch football, or, you know, just chill out, talk. 
Um, I think that's a good tradition to have just to catch up with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Every Sunday? Not every Sunday, but we we try we at least check in every Sunday to see if anybody's available uh-huh. most of the time. Um but yeah, we we just try to keep it consistent every Sunday. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice tradition to have. Yeah. Sounds amazing. How many people are you in the family? Uh my immediate family, maybe like a good six. You know, my mom, my dad. Uh I got three older sisters. You get three? You're yeah. the youngest in I'm the, the family. Yeah. We're three I'm older. Yeah. Tough times. Nah, it was actually pretty sweet for me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you allowed to do everything your sisters weren't allowed to? Um, I mean, in a sense, but also I'm a boy too, you know, mm-hmm. so boys get a, mm-hmm. away with a lot they of They get things. a free pass yeah. on almost everything because exactly. I'm the second oldest sis- sister in my family as well. Mm-hmm. And I have four younger siblings. Almost all of them are boys. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they were like live. crazy. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. We just yeah. get away with everything. You're proud of that position. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have it no other way. So, Blast, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for coming over and talking to me. It's such a pleasure having you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course. Um, I read your TikTok bio and it says producer and songwriter. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) why the emphasis on songwriting? (laughs) Was that intentional? I don't know. I probably, I probably just made that, just making, ah. making a TikTok, not even thinking. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's true. I am it a producer. Is true. I am a songwriter. Yeah. And it is intentional. I want people to know that I do write my own mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. Yeah. So it was intentional because you wouldn't call yourself an R&B artist or a rapper. Would you call yourself a songwriter first? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't really like to put labels on it. You know, I like to be free and... I might experiment with any type of vibe, so why box yourself in when you can just, you know, be free? Yeah, label less. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Smart smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of your childhood, maybe like from six to twelve, what did your childhood sound like? What was the music that was like playing in the background? What was your soundtrack? Um The music that I remember was a lot of like Jill Scott, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, a lot of soul music, mm. you know, and um, traditional hip hop too. My uncle, he stayed in the back house. He would play a lot of Most Def, Talib Kweli, Nas, you know, just a lot of lyrics. Yeah. And the Lauren Hill part, the soul part came from your mom? For sure. Yeah. She had a, a record player. And she would just play vinyl yeah. all day, yeah. Were you allowed to touch it? Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> But she played it to you. Yeah, yeah. It was a good it was all, as far as I can remember, it was always music in the house. Yeah. I remember my sister used to write down lyrics to her like when she when she heard a favorite song, she would write the verses out just to memorize yeah. it. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. Yeah. Were yeah. you allowed to touch them? What, the lyrics? Uh-huh. I mean, I would sit there and just watch her write, like, just be fascinating. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I like that line. <laughs> But yeah. your sister didn't get into music? Not really, not really. And it's funny because she real talented. I feel like if she ever was to try it, she would be, like, kind of similar to an artist that I would be. Yeah. Because, I mean, that I am because we have similar taste in music. Like, I got my whole music taste from my sister. So she influenced you more than your uncle or your mom? Yeah, just just sonically, just the, the type of music she would listen to. Mm-hmm. I would get the, you know, like the 
the hand-me-down CDs from from her catalog. So, yeah. yeah. Does she know about that? She do. I'll be texting her all the time, like, yo, thank you for <laughs> all the music inspiration. So, yeah, That's I always show her sweet. love. Yeah. What do you think would she be talented in, songwriting or singing? Or songwriting. Songwriting. Sure. We, yeah. used to, we, we even used to, like, make songs when we was kids, just, like, little nursery rhymes or remixing other songs, changing their own lyrics, changing them into our own lyrics, you know? Yeah. It was fun. Would you write with her today? Yeah, I like would. Like writing hey, sessions? That'd be dope. That'd be a nice way to bond with my big right? sis. Right? Yeah, I like Is that. she the oldest? She's not the oldest. She, she's... Um, Three years older than me, but she's the youngest out of the three. Mm, so yeah. closest to you. Yeah. What does she do for a living? Um, right now she's she's just a stay at home mom. She just had my nephew, so so give yeah. her something to do. Yeah, but she's also in the medical field. So oh, okay, she has yeah. a lot to do then. <laughs> a lot on her shoulders right now. Yeah. Um, you said in an interview that you were a quiet kid growing up. Um. But music was some kind of your form of having a voice. Were you, were you hesitant to raise that voice at all when you started? When I started in music, nah, you know, it just, if like for me, talking to a mic felt like I could say anything I wanted to without nobody judging me or talking back to me. Mm -hmm. So it was a sense of therapy, like just releasing anything that I felt. And um, I think I bottled up a lot as a kid, you know, just my perspective, not being comfortable to talk. I don't know. I can't really pinpoint what it was, but that's just how I am growing up. That's how I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get the feedback that your voice wasn't worth listening to? Nah. I mean, I fell in love with my own voice, so it really didn't matter what, <laughs> <laughs> what nobody else felt. And I, I feel like people like can, can feel my confidence. In my tone, you know. Yeah. yeah, but but talking. I mean, before music, before writing, before writing songs. When you said that you were kind of quiet, yeah, before that. Um, but you can't really say where that came from. Nah, I think like I just had trouble articulating myself in conversations, in with music, with a rhythm, with a beat. It's like you just feel like you in a a certain motion that you know. It's undescribable, but that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. Yeah. But then the first time showing it to people, mm -hmm. you weren't nervous at all about that? I mean, yeah, slightly. But they their opinion was so minute. Like, I already knew okay. where I could take it. I already knew, like, okay, this is really for me. It felt comfortable. It felt effortless. Even when I listened back, it was like it wasn't where I wanted to be, but I could... Mm -hmm you could still tell the potential where I could be. You know? mm -hmm. So I didn't have a problem with sharing it with people. So you're saying also that you were already at the point where you felt comfortable with your art. Yeah. Before you showed it to people. Yeah. How much time passed? How much time passed? Yeah. Since, since you started doing music and then showing it to people. Uh, I remember the first song I made, I showed it to my, um, my friend's, his sister. Like he, <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who was that friend and why did you choose her? Well. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was nothing like that. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was nothing like that. <laughs> You're giggling too much for that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you funny, you funny. But nah, um, my friend, actually, he's the one who took me to the studio. Uh -huh. 
And I was just sleeping over his house that night. So when I went back to his house, his sisters was there. She was like, what y'all's doing? Mm -hmm. And I showed her the song. Yeah. That's it. You still in contact with her? Nothing made it pretty boring. (laughs) 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 Okay. So the first time you actually showed your art, you already went ahead and booked the studio. Yep. You were so confident. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy when you think about that. Yeah. I was full-fledged from the, yeah, from the jump. I was all in from the jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did did that dip in some at some point in your career? Nah, I stuck through it. I never had a job, ever. Never had a job. It was only music ever since I was 17 You don't know how to do nine to five? No. I'll be, I'll be telling myself, like, man, I need to learn a trade or something. <laughs> I need to learn how to work on cars and... <laughs> I can't go my whole life just making music. <laughs> Why not? I mean, I could, but, yeah. you know, I just feel useless to the world. I like to be some type of servant in some manner, you know. Don't you see your art as a service? Yeah, that's true. It's a form of therapy for other people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people tell me, like, my music changed their life, things like that. So, in a sense, it is a service. Yeah. Yeah. But... It doesn't feel enough for you? No, I need to do something physical, you know? I want to get in the field, get my hands dirty, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's just a man in me. I need to, you know, get in the field. What would you do? What Would it be a craft? Um, Just something like, like a trade. Maybe it's working on plumbing or learning you how to... You can see yourself actually. You can see Why yourself not? as a plumber. At least, no, not as a plumber, but at least knowing how to do it. Okay, you know? yeah. I don't want to just always have to pay somebody mm-hmm. else to do everything, mm-hmm. you know. But um, something, maybe it can be something like learning how to have a garden or something. Yeah. Something that's beneficial. Oh, that sounds so satisfying. That would be nice. Growing your own food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might tap into that. That's different. After tour. Come on, let's do it. That'll be my, uh, my hobby after tour. Yeah, your project. Do you think you need something to like still be busy after yeah, tour life? For sure. Because even, like I said, when I went home for a week, mm-hmm. I was like, what am I supposed to do now? It felt weird. I feel like I'm, like I'm made for the road now. But yeah, I don't know. I got to stay busy. Yeah. Especially now that I got a spotlight. It's like I got to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what is or, or what was missing in that week? Was it the crowd and people surrounding you and cheering to you, cheering you on, singing to your music? Or what was what was the most? I think like because my personal life and me as an artist is like polar opposite. Oh, seriously? So, yeah, like when I'm when I'm out doing music or when I'm doing radio interviews, like I'm, you know, I'm expressive, I'm talking, but at home I'm just like down, just chilling, thinking about stuff, thinking about the next move. So I don't know, it's just like two different worlds. Do you talk at all at home? No. Nah, <laughs> probably say 50 words a day at most. So yeah. is that right here, that part, the promo, is that exhausting to you? It could be sometimes. I mean, when it when it don't feel genuine, when it just felt like another day at work for the um, person that I'm being interviewed by, but right now it feels good. Yeah. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what came first for you? Producing for for other people or um, writing for yourself as an artist? 
and like also releasing it? Well, I was doing it all together, me personally at at the same time. But as far as people, what people knew me for was producing first. Mm -hmm. And that was just like locally in Los Angeles, like certain artists that I would work with had a lot of popular songs. It's a song called Right With It with uh, Kaylin and YG. That went pretty viral. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, we need that sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was producing first on a professional level. Yeah, exactly. What was, how did it feel like giving, giving a song away in a kind of sense? I mean, it felt good. I'm, I'm like, I'm cool with playing the background. I don't really care for the spotlight. You know, I feel like I'm going to get mine regardless. So if I can pass the ball and, and, and get a win like that too, that's even better. I think it's better when everybody winning except for just one person. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, recently there was this German rapper who said that with every song he releases mm-hmm. or every song he writes, he's giving a piece of his soul away. Mm. And I was wondering if that felt similar to is that a similar feeling or a feeling you know i mean i can i can i can sense that too but it it just depends on like how personal the song is to you sometimes you can be just speaking on the surface and it can be relatable to everybody or you could be talking about something that's real personal Mm. and you might not want to give that away and if you do you're gonna be like ah (laughs) you know i I feel them is there a song you don't have to name it, but is there a song that you gave away that you in like thinking back on it? Yeah, for sure. You wish you haven't? Yeah. It's one song that I wrote for an artist that I was like, man, I should have kept that. <sighs> but it also got me through certain doors, so it was like, mm. you know, give or take. Which yeah. which one you want. Was it the feeling of regret, was it because it got popular or because it was too personal? Um, just be just because it was a a song that I really felt that I could deliver better, you know? Oh, and, oh um, that hurts. I felt like I kind of went against my integrity around that time. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, let me just do this so I can scale myself up. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices to get where you want. Yeah. That was one of my sacrifices. Okay. But yeah. le- lesson learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we good now. Nobody getting no <laughs> sense. <laughs> Um, but then how, how do you differentiate between the songs that you keep for yourself and the ones that you give away? Do you, before you start writing, are you actually like, okay, that is my session now and everything that happens here is mine? Yeah. I mean, now I'm in a space to where like, if somebody wants a song from me, then I like to start the idea from scratch. Like you have to tell me, we have to catch a vibe and it will go from there versus like me just making my songs and sending song like you like this song you like this song so it's already separated from the jump you already know, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah and how do you approach albums or projects do you go by theme with an overall theme of a project or is it okay these are the 10 songs that me- means the mo- oh, mean the most to me in the from from the last couple of months or so yeah i think being a fan of conceptual albums um, that's how I approach my albums too. Like, like as if it's like a movie, you know, um, like the Kendrick Lamar albums, um, Schoolboy Q, just albums that feel like it's all one story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I approach my albums. Even my videos, if you, if you look at them, like if I do four videos, they will all tie into each other, like a storyline. Yeah. I yeah. felt like that as well. You like storytelling. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What would you say? Um, how did your 
style of music developed over the last couple of years? How mm. was it when you started and at what point are you now? That's a good question. I think naturally my perspective just grown because I'm growing as a man outside of music, you know, with me having a, a son, um, me being in charge of uh, my situation, my as far as my, my uh, I'm sorry, no <laughs> my business, you know, just being mm -hmm. on top of my business, being responsible and just just leveling up as a man. I think it just naturally falls into my lyrics as well. Mm. So are there different topics now? Yeah. Different topics. I'm talking, I'm like, I'm talking boss talk now. You know? <laughs> we're not just talking like little people. We, we're the big dogs now. <laughs> Do you see, when you listen to your old tracks, are you like, okay, that's childish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Certain things I, I would never say now. Is it cringy to you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what topic did um what was a topic that you were actually thinking about a lot in the last couple of months mm. what was going through through your mind and head as far as like musically or just Would in you, general and you could answer both i think what i was thinking about musically is just like the transition from artists into you know being a chairman of my company also like putting other artists in position also having employees in the company like i'm just really um scaling the business horizontal you know instead of just vertical like i don't want to just build myself i want to build the people around me too mm -hmm. so we can have longevity those are a lot of thoughts that i'll be having like what's what certain ways i can do that mm -hmm. what's ways i can make sure that we in it for 10 years plus or 20 years plus or how our kids going to eat from this, what we doing now, you yeah. know? What, what shifted your mindset on that opinion or going um, for, for that approach? It's a combination of, it's a combination of things. I think seeing a lot of our OG artists, like being in messed up situations, how they was the biggest artists, but now it's like, it used to be, you know, or they have, contract problems like i don't want to be one of them artists i want to make sure whatever intellectual property i'm putting into the world right now i want to have ownership of it mm -hmm. and i want my my kids to benefit off that you know and also having kids it's like you can't look them in the eye and tell them no so i don't want to live in that state of mind you can't say no to yeah, your kids i can't <laughs> <laughs> you have to you got kids no, uh, yeah, but okay. I've got siblings. I yeah. told you, I've got four younger ones. You I have, can say no to that. When you have them. kids, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to know what it feels like yeah. you say. <laughs> They're going to be spoiled. You can't help it. <laughs> you can't help it. It's hard. Well, <laughs> but it sounds also, sounds really exhausting on top yeah. of your, your own game as an artist. Mm -hmm. And then also building a business around you. How do you do it? And you're on tour right now. Yeah. <laughs> when do you sleep? I know, right? I don't think it's time to sleep, though. I got to use my youthfulness while I can. Mm-hmm. But, um... We're both 30. Yeah. You think we're still young? Of course. You, you don't feel young? <laughs> no, not really. I feel... I can run a mile right now. <laughs> and it's early, too. <laughs> no, I see all the Gen Zs around me and I get nervous. Yeah. 
Nah, I'm nah. good. I be working out. You know, I'm still active. Yeah. Playing with my son. You know, I just, I feel young still. Okay. I got another 20 years in me before I At least. hit the wheelchair or something. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine rolling yeah. around in a, in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Mm, nah. Um. So how would, no, um, Ah, you once said that music is is not for me, it's for the world. Mm. That was a quote I, I really found interesting. Is that also how you approach songwriting? Do you imagine it being released or is it just something like personal, of course, but you and the paper and the thoughts in your head? I think it's it's for me while I'm creating it. Because, you know, for me, it's, it's therapeutic to get it off my chest. Mm. But after, you know, after you release it, it's no longer yours. You know, everybody else is for everybody else to judge. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if you paint a picture and you put it in a museum, like you want people to come see it and get different perspectives on your art. So that's kind of how I look at it. Like mm-hmm. After I put it out, it's like it's not for me no more. Yeah. yeah. How much does the public opinion or the opinion of your fans or family um, affect your mm. your music? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think my family, the respect I have for my family definitely plays a part in my what I say. Um, the fans' opinion, it depends on how much of a fan you are or, you know, how involved I feel like you, you actually care about my career. But for the most part, it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. But my family, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Do you get opinions of your family and they're like, oh, no, I don't like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, nah. maybe I should rethink that. Nah. I mean, I, I thought it would, you know, I said some personal things before, but um, I think the support that I have for my family, they understand that this is my way of expressing. And this is the way this is like my job too mm-hmm. to express my feelings. So they they have a good understanding for it. So the critique from your family is mostly about lyrics that's, um, touches on their yeah, own life. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Exactly. Who did you make mad? <laughs> <laughs> Who was the last person? Nobody specifically. You know, it's just you know, if you, it's more so if you know, you know. Like the average listener wouldn't know what I was talking about, mm-hmm. but if it's personal to you, you're gonna feel a, a different mm-hmm. connection to it. You know. Yeah. So, when was the last time you had had to have a tough conversation with somebody in your family? All the time. All the time. Yeah, it's always tough. And you know, for me, um, like I said, I'm better expressing myself in music. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to have them tough conversations, I probably run from the situation and just not answer the call. But um, all the time, yeah, it always comes up. So. There are members in your family that you got mad at and then you didn't talk to them for like weeks or months <laughs> and then they heard a song <laughs> and they were like, that's why. <laughs> are you kidding me? Nah, why did I you mean, not just call me? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's something like my family know though, like if you want to, I don't know. I'm not going to be the one to just call you and just express my feelings like, I'm just, I, I don't know. I wasn't built, I wasn't raised like that. I wish I was, though. I wish I could express myself in a conversation just naturally. But, you know, it's a challenge I still haven't faced yet, I guess. Mm. I'm, I'm still wondering why it feels more comfortable for you um, 
releasing your f- your your feelings or sharing your feelings with a large audience yeah but not a single person i know right i don't know i think the intimacy like is scary like when i jump on stage it's like i'm talking to everybody at once so it's not like but that must be so much more scary but it's not though no. it's weird you would you would think that but it's like this is more personal yeah. and like we're getting a better connection than if I'm talking in front of a thousand people, you know? Yeah. Like, think about it as if I was like a teacher teaching a thousand students versus teaching you one-on-one. You're going to learn better one-on-one. Mm. Yeah, know? true. Yeah. But then you're still sharing <laughs> your, <laughs> your music with a large audience you're and right. not one-on-one. You're right. You're right. I don't know. I'm just weird like that. There must be something about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is then the aspect of your job that you are most excited about? Hmm. Well, you threw me for a loop with that one. Mm. That I'm most excited about. I think just being able to provide for my family, that's that's the coolest thing for me, especially with doing something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. It's as if I'm not even working. Like I'm just living my life and I'm benefiting off of it. So I just try to remain humble and be grateful for my gift because yeah. I know how fast like it can be taken away from you too. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to hustle to sustain it? Of course. I think with anything, you got to hustle to sustain it. And I, especially like the more successful you get, the more you have to sustain and, you know, like they say, more money, more problems. Mm. So what kind of problems do you have now that you didn't have back then when you, when you had <laughs> less money? Um, I always go back to just being a provider, you know, mm. and, and the more expensive your lifestyle get, you got to keep that lifestyle up. You know, it's, it's hard to go from a hundred to zero Versus going from zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, like the feeling is different. Yeah. You don't want to go from a hundred to zero. No. That's tough. So but just you, keeping it up. I think you could though. What you, you, could, you could get used to it. To what? To not having money anymore. Right. Because you didn't have it growing up. So you know what it is like. You could survive. Not yeah, but it's like once you get a taste of what money is, <laughs> it's like you don't want to go back. Are you saying, telling me you couldn't? Nah, you couldn't yeah. survive? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't survive. Maybe you could. <laughs> well, you never have to. That's I think that's given. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there a part of your job or your life that you co- could go without? If the providing part is your family, is your favorite part, what aspect of being an artist, a producer, a provider, a boss could you go without? Mm, nah, I don't know. I like everything that comes with it. Even the things that I think is annoying, like the interviews and stuff. Like, I like that it's enabling me to still become the person that I feel like I'm becoming. You know, I think everything is placed in position for a reason so i take everything that come with it the highs and the lows yeah do you have a vision of the person you want to become i do you know i talk to my ther- uh, my therapist and she always tell me like describe yourself in 10 different ways i don't have my notebooks so i can't tell you right now but yeah i definitely have a description of who i am as matthew as blast mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. How far away are you from that vision? Mm. How far am I away? I'm like 50% there. That's good. I got a lot of work to do. We all do. And yeah. I th- think the work never really ends also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no such thing as perfect, right? Not at I'm all. I'm trying to strive for perfection now. But I don't know ah, if I could do You Is do? That I think not bad, but it gets frustrating sometimes, I think. If you never, are you never satisfied then with your achievements maybe? Yeah, for sure. I never celebrate. It's always like, what else is next? Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't that get depressive? It does. Sometimes I'll be like, damn, this is everything I dreamed of. Why am I not like, yes. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is getting dark. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's getting dark. (laughs) No, I feel so sorry. But also, I I could see a lot of um, my own opinions and my own thoughts in in your own thoughts. So, yeah. yeah. You can relate. Totally, yeah. 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 But hey, it's all the journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's also a journey to accepting that mm-hmm. that there isn't an end goal. Mm. It's right. just, I don't know. That's true. They say it's like, it's not about the destination. It's about, you know, mm-hmm. the journey. You mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Got to live in a moment. Yeah. I, ha- I definitely have to remind myself of that. Yeah. Mm. Well. It's okay. it's 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 our journey in the thirties, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's exactly what it is. Right? You turn thirty, start overthinking stuff. Oh, like, what am shit. I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, in an interview, you once said that your audience now has so grown so much that you have to be really intentional with everything that you're saying. And I was wondering if that is a feeling that is liberating to you in a sense of, okay, I can really like control my own narrative or does it feel restrictive to you? Um, I mean, forgive me if I'm answering your question wrong, but for me, it's just like, I don't, I don't think it's smart to underestimate the listeners. Like we are growing at the same time. So I just like to challenge myself to become a better person so I can spread that energy of, of like growth and whatever I've learned, just putting it into music too. Um, but what was that? Like, what was that initial question? The initial question was um, that your audience audience has grown so much that you feel like you have to be really intentional with every word you're saying or with, yeah, with public statements or things you put out. Mm. They really have to be thought through. And yeah, I was just wondering if that is a good feeling to you yeah. or a rather like restrictive feeling. I mean, I wouldn't say it's good or restrictive. It's just like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But for me, it don't really affect me because I know if I'm if I'm keeping it a hundred, if I'm being authentic, mm-hmm. then who can you know who can hate on that? You yeah. can either love it or hate it, but it's you have to respect it at the end of the day. So yeah, I just be true to myself, and I hope people can feel my authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, you you're the only person that has to be able to look itself in the mirror exactly. at the end of the day. Right. Um if you imagine somebody saying that they're listening to your music and they would be like, "Okay, I'm listening to X, Y, Blast and Z." 
What would the other three artists be? What would you be proud to be named in a row? Um, I'm gonna say Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Drake. Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> Let me think. Is there a time limit on here? No, we okay, have time. Cool. Chilling. <laughs> I'm just scared of your manager. <laughs> right. I'm trying to think of like some artists. I would say Ty Dolla Sign. Mm -hmm. um, you worked with Ty. Yeah, that's big bro right there. Yeah. One more or two more? One more is okay. Okay. Um, maybe like a Bryson Tiller. Uh huh. What about yeah. him? Uh, I think just the way he he entered the game, like with Trap Soul, it was like a blend of mm -hmm. R and B, but still had a hip hop feel to it as far as the beats. And I do that in my own way, mm -hmm. you know, just like having conversational songs versus just lyrics. Like I'm actually speaking to you yeah. on a personal level. Yeah. Yeah. And what about Drake? Drake, I think he's just the embodiment of a rapper singer. Like he pretty much broke the door down for everybody, him and Kanye, as far as like having melodies and also having bars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put them on top. Yeah. Yeah. And Ty? And Ty, that's that's like one artist that I seen close to me because we from the same city mm -hmm. that actually like broke through with that type of sound. So um, I looked up to him in a, in a lot of ways, yeah. like when I was doing music. I always got to include him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you excited about coming up next for you? And what is coming up next for you? I'm excited to just go back home. After being on the road, so many places I traveled to that I never would have thought I would travel to and just expressing myself, you know, just being home with my kids and. Start gardening. Yeah. Yeah. That part. <laughs> Pick up some hobbies, do some regular. I want to be regular for a little bit. Yeah. And catch up. So any plumbing company could hire you right now? No. <laughs> Not at all. I've got stuff to do in my Not house. <laughs> I might plant some seeds for you, but I ain't, even, I ain't fixing no <laughs> okay, toilets. Okay, take the seeds. <laughs> well, bless. It was a pleasure having you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. Low key deep. Code interviews with Cassandra.